Welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. It's like a podcast. You can listen to it while... Phil, you've come straight in. We need to go with what people care about right now. Right. And, you know, I don't know what to say. It's like a podcast. Right. There. Go. That's the official jingle. Hello and welcome to the Fancast. Uh, my name is Jane and you can find me on Tumblr, Twitter and AO3 as Just B. Um, today I'm doing another interview episode. You seem to really enjoy that interview we did with um, Into a Puddle who came to talk to us about um, what it was like to be a new writer in this fandom. Um, you can find that episode on our SoundCloud page if you want to go back and listen to it. My guest today is going to be Leah or Ophelia Um, She has a background in marketing and has some really good insights on the branding um, of our boys, um, as well as some insights on um, the IRL digital side of things. And um, we might get into a little bit of a discussion about the communication methods that they sometimes use to communicate, um, things like the hiatus. Um, It promises to be a really good discussion. Um, I hope you really enjoy it. It's probably worth mentioning that the conversation that I had with Leah was recorded before Phil's video dropped. Um, So we do talk about some stuff that Phil touched on in his video, um, and I hope you'll forgive us, but um, it did take me a while to edit this. But I will hand you over now to the conversation that I had with Leah. Hi, Leah. Um, Hi. (laughs) uh, Do you want to firstly um, introduce yourself and tell people where they can find you on the internet? Okay, sure. Um, hi, I'm Leah. I'm a 27 years old fandom trash, as, <laughs> <laughs> as you do. Um, people can find me on the internet on Twitter and uh, with the username Ophelia, on IDB uh, with the username Leola, and on Tumblr and AO3 as I am my affiliate, although I am going to hopefully change it because my branding is so confusing, even to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking as somebody who also rebranded earlier this year, (laughs) um, I can confirm it is good. (laughs) It's such a mess. I'm always like, why did I do that? (laughs) You know, but then I'm too lazy to like go to the effort and do that but I think one day I will just do it because it's it's confusing to myself (laughs) (laughs) um so there are a couple of questions I always ask everybody um when they come on the fancast um so I'm gonna ask you some questions about your favorites um okay I'm ready (laughs) you ready uh so what is your favorite Dan video uh, my favorite Dan video, probably uh, the Bahamas story video mm-hmm. or the taking quiz about myself because I like when he doesn't like take himself too seriously. I like when he rambles and makes fun of himself and he's a great storyteller. Yes, so. that's one of my favorite things about <laughs> him. He's a brilliant I mean, storyteller. Yeah, I do like the more, um, you know, complicated and serious videos such as the depression and coming out videos, mm-hmm. but they they're not the ones that I want to watch when I need a pick me up. <laughs> yeah, they're they're pretty heavy to rewatch. You have yeah, to sort of be in a good mind space. Um, yeah, no good choices. I like both of this. Um, uh, I love the Bahamas one. It just makes me laugh so much. Yeah, my favorite thing is to because um, all of the different outfits he wears is to speculate which of the <laughs> Lesters that he borrowed each of the items from. Yeah, and also the the one where he dances and making like this is such a bop. Oh, it just I know. Yeah. Me- 
it just makes me laugh because I imagine like Phil or the other Lester's watching him. <laughs> it just, I just laugh thinking about, I don't know, Martin, you know, watching him while he pretends to dance. <laughs> oh, I hope they were there. I mean, I suspect they'd gone out and left him to it, but oh, yeah. I, I but you know, I want to imagine that <laughs> that wasn't the case. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so favorite Phil video? Uh, that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. Am I complete Phil trash if I say the outfit video? <laughs> no, no, I mean I'm kidding. I, it it looks amazing in that, and that's mm-hmm. why my <laughs> my Phil crush comes out. I think I like the the ones where it's more um, you know creative. I love mm-hmm. the um, brain tour a lot because I like when he talks about you know his brain and stuff. I think I like more of the um, older ones. Yeah. Uh, so it's like you know the classics narcoplasm and those things I don't think I have a favorite like one favorite I think sometimes I just want to watch a film video and I just go to his channel pick one and let YouTube do his things yeah so yeah I, I can't really pinpoint a favorite I don't I can I can think about it like right now I probably like I probably have a favorite but I can't think about it right now I'm not that picky with this content with then it's more easy yeah, <laughs> yeah. well I mean like any good fully you just love everything <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the first one that I love the sleepless nights, especially yeah. the first one when it was like more, you know, actually a sleepless night. <laughs> yeah, when it was like it wasn't planned, yeah. I guess. I love because I relate because I'm I'm, I'm an insomniac. So mm-hmm. I relate being not being able to sleep and just going crazy and starting to, I don't know, put random outfit on and clean <laughs> your room and stuff. So I relate to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can I can't pinpoint just one video because I love him so much. <laughs> I just can't. Oh, well, uh, I'm a silly. <laughs> we'll let you off then. Um, okay. Um, I'm finally um, yeah favorite Dan and Phil video. So it could be just joint video on any of their channels or on gaming or whatever. Okay, that's also a hard one. But yeah. I think like most people, I love the mukbang. Yeah, it's it's my favorite. I love like longer video. I love to just watch them when I don't know, I'm doing something and like listening to them. And I love the mukbang because first of all, it was the first joint content after such a long, you know, drop. And it's so like chill and you know, it's actually Dan and Phil and not Dan and Phil TM. (laughs) You know, yeah, it's more like them and chill and they're in their pajamas and they're eating awful pizza and I'm <laughs> I'm just like why are you doing that to yourself yeah. but it's fine I will let them do it um yeah so I think that one I also I also this is a random one but I love you know that video I don't remember the name but it's that video that did for Phil's channel when they were doing Tatanoff uh which which animal which animal they are oh, the or doing random quizzes. Yeah, they're yeah. doing random quizzes. I don't know why, but I really like that. I I yeah. I'm, I can't pinpoint why, but I just like their energy in that. I think it was because they were like on tour yeah. and stuff. And from gaming, 
uh, maybe the overcooked, the second one, <laughs> because they were just, I don't know, I think they were on drugs <laughs> <laughs> or on too much sugar, which yeah, I guess it could be the same thing. <laughs> much more likely, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, interesting. Um, I mean, I think that leads us nicely on to um, the questions that um, I've sort of vaguely written down to talk to you about today. Um so speaking of um, Dan and Phil TM, um, you yes. <laughs> have a, sorry, excuse my cat if you can hear her meowing in the background. I love him already, don't worry. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, speaking of um, Dan and Phil TM, you have a bad background in marketing, is that right? Yes. Yeah, um, so that might, you know, with your expertise, you might have a bit of an insight into <laughs> what the heck it is they're doing <laughs> with oh. their brand um so um, i suppose the thing i wanted to talk to you about was um do you think that there's differences in how they approach their branding now versus or, or on how they market themselves now versus how they did it in the early days and if so what what do you think changed and why do you think it changed I mean, that's oh, that's a heavy question. I think mm. a lot of us wondered about it. I think, uh, well, when I think about it, I see like three different uh, periods of Dan and Phil, mm-hmm. uh, which it, it, one is Dan and Phil as two separate kind of entities and then Dan and Phil TM and then now. Uh, at first, I guess it was when Phil was the most prominent uh, person between them mm-hmm. and Dan was just starting out and that was, they presented themselves in one way. And I think uh, some people talked about it also on IDB, mm-hmm. but like when they were presenting as Phil and Dan, for example, so putting Phil's name first, Mm -hmm. uh, even though it doesn't sound as nice, but because Phil was the one that was mostly, most easily recognized Mm -hmm. and he was pulling the numbers and he he was the YouTuber and Dan was, you know, the fan becoming YouTuber, becoming friend. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was, you know, one era. And then between, I guess, 2011, 2012, uh, they started, I don't want to say marketing themselves, because I don't think at that point they were really like ends on thinking about how to present themselves in a certain way when it comes to business, at least. You know, they had their yeah. channels and they knew that they were doing, uh, they were presenting their channels in different ways because they were doing different kind of videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at that point, Dan was the most famous one because he had like the Tumblr uh, audience mm-hmm. that was like latching on to him, especially after the fandom and shipping uh, video. Mm-hmm. So that was one era. Um, and then there was like the beginning where they started actually, you know, marketing themselves as a duo. So when it comes, when it started to be like uh, Tabnov and Tatnov era, so around, I guess, 2015. But it's confusing because even before that, even if they didn't want to, they presented themselves as a duo already. Yeah, you know, so do you think that? Um, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. There. Um, do you think? Because um, Dan alludes to it in his um, coming out video a little bit. Um, do you think it happened around the radio show? Because they said, you know, he was like suddenly Dan and Phil is a thing, and they kept getting all of these opportunities, and that seems 
to me at least in my very non-experienced um, brain, um, to go along with the maybe the beginning of the radio show when they, you know, the BBC branded them as mm-hmm. Dan and Phil on the radio, that sort of thing. There's a difference. This is a bit of marketing brand, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like more ends on economics talk. Mm-hmm. But like there's a difference between when it comes to branding, there's a difference between what uh, a brand, let's say, wants to market itself as and what people, the audience or the customers perceive. Mm. So there's there's this difference. And usually the, uh, the, the ideal goal is to like the two things have to be one to become one um, <laughs> sorry and <laughs> um, you know uh, there's like there's this difference so you want to uh, present yourself and you want your audience to see your to see you as you're presenting yourself but that's not always the case especially when it comes to youtubers when they don't actually start out as marketing themselves in a certain way they just started posting videos and Mm -hmm. people started to latch on on them so i remember a lot of people uh even recent even recently they started talking about how the starting of dan and phil as a duo started with um when they started to work on tabanov and that's true that's when they actually made an effort to become a duo and that started with the gaming channel actually Mm -hmm. because they wanted to be perceived uh from the outside as a duo to people that work together and had a cohesive branding but Mm -hmm. you know the 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 problem is that they already started as a duo if you think about it dan's third video was on phil's channel Mm -hmm. You know, with Pinoff one, mm-hmm. and even before, th- and then it started to be like um, featuring him heavily in Phil's channel, and then uh, when the first, you know, the first um, Christmas special for the radio happened, what was it like? End of 2010, beginning of 2011. So it was really early, and even then they worked ahead together. They, they work on it together. They mm-hmm. didn't present it as, oh, this is Phil's project or this is Dan's project. It was a combined project that they presented to the radio. Yeah. And, and then there was the Super Amazing project, which was obviously a different, um, on a different channel, but it was the two of them together as Dan and Phil doing this thing. And then there was, uh, maybe my timeline is a little bit skewed, but I think it was, they started to work on the super amazing, amazing project around 2011. And then they had the second uh, Christmas special mm-hmm. on the B- on the BBC um, radio. And after that, they started working for the BBC in 2012 mm-hmm. uh, as Dan and Phil. So when I think about, you know, that famous live show where Dan was like, we are not a duo. Oh, uh, God, yeah. <laughs> we don't want to be a duo. All the time, like I now I understand, even then, you know, I understand where it's coming from. I understand this like mental place. And sure, they weren't actually talking about themselves as a duo, but in reality, they already were. 
So when, and that's why I think it was so easy for them to start the gaming challenge. And then the Tabanov and Tatanov happened and no one had saw any problem in it because they were already a duo. They just haven't like to, they haven't taken, uh, they haven't done the step to uh, actually, you know, think about it and be like, oh, okay, we already have like the same audience. We already feature each other. Um, we already work together. We are already a duo. So I think they like they were late <laughs> to the game <laughs> where the fandom already arrived. <laughs> I yeah. guess. So, so yeah. do you think that's that's why it it changed? Just because they had all of these um, opportunities and because their audience was already sort of seeing them that way anyway. So, um, you know, they would. Do you think they were just capitalizing on that? I I don't mean that in a in a negative way. I just mean. You know, do you think they just sort of thought that that was the way forward for them? I think it was around the time where their popularity, their popularity was like massive and they were really making bank and they knew that their, you know, combined efforts were the ones that were really like driving the audience um, to actually like them a lot. I think they always knew that their combined uh, videos were most popular than their, you know, solo stuff. And I think they just, I think it was a combination of a lot of things. I think they worked together well and they liked to work together because otherwise they wouldn't have done, you know, the radio show. Um, but it was also, you know, thinking, oh, we have, we have this money, we have this budget, we have this opportunity, we have this audience. It wouldn't be fair or it wouldn't be smart to do something separated because that's not what the, what our audience was. But also I think it was also a matter of not being comfortable in doing things uh, in a separate way because this was, what, 2014? Mm. And sure, YouTubers were starting to write you know they were starting to make money they were starting to be a bit recognized but it wasn't now it wasn't it was still like kind of a very niche thing on the internet so to you know they had problems uh to actually bring the tour uh on to america until they had like the proof that they could pull an audience in England. So imagine if they were doing it as the Dan show or as the Phil show. I think it was really scary. And also it would it would have been, you know, less powerful in a way. So I think it was a combination of a lot of things. It was a combination of the time. It was a combination of liking to work together and knowing that their power was, you know, more strong if they were doing it together rather than in separate ways yeah. and yeah so I think it was a combination of a lot of things but I don't I don't think they like I don't think it was like one specific day they you know looked at each other and were like oh okay we're yeah. going to do this I think it was like something that they actually realized in time uh, especially when they started to be more hands-on uh, with business day stuff and not just like youtubers yeah I mean I definitely think um, I mean they allude to it in uh, in the back of um, Tabanov Dan says you know the the audience likes the the chemistry between them you know the, mm -hmm. the way they get on and then obviously 
Phil in his VidCon interview recently said that, you know, no one watches the gaming channel for the games. They watch because they like to see Dan and Phil doing stuff. Um, so I think they're, they're aware that their audience likes that kind of interaction. Um, do you think that that's... I mean, it's, it's probably a bit of a, um, a heady question and we'll, we'll come on to it a little <laughs> bit later, but do you think that's how they're viewing it now? Do you think they still see the value in that joint content or do, they, do you think that they're trying to um, step away from it? Not in a uh, non-dramatic, non-negative, <laughs> no, oh my please God, don't I go off in the, um, you know, everyone listening, please don't get upset. But you know what I mean? Like, do you think that they're, they're making the, ne- the move to the next era where that joint content isn't as combined i mean i actually everyone take a deep breath and (laughs) this is my opinion i actually don't think they have a lot of time on youtube not because they're going to lose relevancy everyone calm down i think (laughs) especially dan uh Mm. this is something that i've i've said like for a year now i don't think he wants youtube to be his own platform and he already he said that himself he doesn't see himself as a youtuber which you know i appreciate it because he can do a lot of things he can do public speaking he can do uh, humanitarian uh volunteer volunteering Mm -hmm. things whatever Uh, i don't think he he will be on youtube primarily for a long time like i even before the coming out video i thought he maybe would post this year and then who knows? I mean, it's yeah. done, you know. We don't know if we don't know if he's going to post before, you yeah. know, December. I, I think they've so. both expressed um, a desire to do things separately. Um, and, yeah. you know, especially, I mean, all the way back as the, far as the beginning of Interactive Introverts, they stood on the stage in Brighton at their first show and said, we're going yeah. to do separate things after this. And then for some reason, well, not for some reason, they they cut that bit from the show because of the reaction that happened on the internet and suddenly how um, everybody either forgot uh, that they said that or didn't know that they said it in the first place because, you know, they just said it at one show. But I think if they'd continued to say that, um, the reaction, this side of it wouldn't be as shocked. But they've been saying yeah. they want to do separate things for a while. Dan has been very vocal about not wanting to be a YouTuber. He wants to be an entertainer. He likes more long-form content. Um, yeah. I'm, I, for one, am excited to see what's going to happen. Like, they're both obviously writing something, whether they're writing together or writing separately, I don't know. But um, either way, even if they are writing together, I don't think it'll be a Dan and Phil thing. I think it'll just be a thing that yeah. they do. And it's and it's good, you know, because they they work well together, but they have they have very different mm-hmm. um, creative um, visions, and it's good that they work well together. But I think it's better on the long run to work separately and maybe feature themselves in different ways. Uh, but I think this will move more outside of YouTube. I think I don't think joint content is dead forever done bye-bye no, no. I don't I don't think so I think especially Phil um he knows that we want and he's the one that is more inclined to uh please us <laughs> you know uh, so <laughs> that sounds like dirty um it's I fine think, he can anyway <laughs> <laughs> our Phil trash is showing mm-hmm. <laughs> um I think we will have some joint content but I don't think it will be joint as in 
heavily featured. I don't think the we won't have the gaming channel. Uh, also, because I feel like they have they're done with gaming. Like yeah. it was obvious for a while. So I think this is just a new a new era for them. But it's an an era for Phil, for Phil Lester and yes. Daniel Howell, not you know, the Dan and Phil TM brand. Yeah. And I'm for one, I'm excited because I hope okay. Phil is writing an animated show. <laughs> I would love that, honestly. I I'm think he's got the, the brain for that. Um, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I think I think any creative individual um, is going to have their own, you know, ideas and, and wants and, you know, every person in a career wants to have their own career. I can't imagine you know, only having the option to have your career with somebody else, that just doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah. You know, because not to, to quote, you know, 2012 Dan, but they are individuals. <laughs> they're not, they're not, they don't necessarily come as a package deal, but I think they very, very much saturated 2018 with, um, you know, joint everything. Um, there was, yeah. You know, very little solo in, in 2018. So I think like, you know, if they're gonna go out they went out with a bang um yeah and yeah let's it's gonna be amazing for what comes next yeah and um, that's not to say that they're, they're not going to work together again but i don't think that's going to be like their plan no. sorry no, I, <laughs> yeah uh, you know you make a good point and it, it it leads on i suppose to the next thing i'm going to talk about sure. because you know even if they're not creating um they're not presenting in, in the camera in, together they still will work together because you know aside from um their their brand of themselves personally as uh, you know um as daniel howell and amazing phil um and aside from dan and phil tm there is also irl digital which is you know they obviously yes. own together um so it, it, it's a bit of a pet peeve here on this part <laughs> and i think i've mentioned it like five million times um yeah but Maybe you can talk a little bit about IRL Digital, specifically about the, the shops um, and why they have Dan and Phil shop and then they have Daniel Howe shop and then they have Amazing Phil shop, but they won't let us share a basket. Um, why won't they let us share a basket, Leah? Why? Is there like a sound marketing based reason why they're all annoying us with separate shipping? Can you make us all less annoyed about this? I mean, I can try, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that I am not annoyed by it. <laughs> so I think we actually talked about it a couple of times. Um, the thing with IRL, um, I'm also I'm very fascinated by it, first of all, because I'm fascinated by the fact that before, you know, this summer, um, no one would, would have known that they own IRL Digital and unless they were like, Fan, fans like us yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was look, nothing out there you know who look at financial documents and stuff it was always like oh IRL Digital is the shop managed by Phil's brother mm -hmm. and that was the description on you know websites and whatever so yeah. that that's something that really fascinates me um, when it comes to the separate uh, shops that's that, you know I can only guess obviously um, Obviously, I mean, there's a reason why there isn't a big IRL shop, in my opinion, for all their creators. And all that's right. because uh, that's because, you know, their clients in the end, their, their primary clients are the creators um, because IRL, sure, they fulfill and ship and sell 
to us, the fans of the mm-hmm. customers. But in the end, like their marketing strategy uh, is to have the creators are, as clients because that's where they can make actually the money because they need the creators to um, prepare and create and fulfill and ship uh, the merch for. When it comes to Denimfield, though. <laughs> so, but do you think, sorry, just going back to your earlier point, yeah. do, you, do you not think that there's any comparable with the likes of um, like DFTBA, for instance, because they have all of theirs on one web page and it doesn't seem to affect their creators. And in fact, some of the smaller creators might benefit from being with the larger creators because, like we've said here before, um, you know, I might want to buy Dan and Phil merch, but then I might want to, you know, put some of Lucy Moon's postcards in yes. or whatever. Um, is it just that it's, it's a separate business model? Or, sorry, I'm asking you a lot of very technical questions. No, no, it's it's good actually. Yeah, go away, go go on, go away, <laughs> no, go on. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it, it's just a different approach because if you, you know, and that's again, this is just guessing. But mm-hmm. in my in my opinion, if you feature, if you have an IRL match shop, mm-hmm. uh, the IRL brand becomes more prominent as mm-hmm. in you are buying from the irlmerchshop.com yeah. example um, so yes the creators are featured um, and you can buy individual stuff and such but the um, the boxed uh, brand mm-hmm. is IRL and you know that's not how it is right now all mm-hmm. the websites are danielowlshop.com amazingfieldshop.com I don't know which uh, which other ones they are um, yeah, but it, they, it annoys they're me all the... marketed they're all marketed as the creator and you don't know um, that they're managed by IRL until you look at the footer or the about us um, section yeah. so their brand is not featured and I guess that's you know that's one business model to have the smaller lab label uh, or the fulfill- fulfillment label um, not not prominent um, because you want to have the creator name in this case more, you know, as the actually selling point. Yeah. Makes However, sense. you know, and, and I think it's just a matter of IRL being very small uh, company still. So their creators are just a few selection of people. And mm-hmm. I think if, the, if, the, if it came to a very um, small creator or someone who might not care about being, you know, compared or, you know, in if if they were because imagine if they're i'm i'm rambling i'm sorry but imagine if imagine if there's a shop you know and you're you you maybe don't really want the newest merch for savannah brown Mm -hmm. you know but you just you're just watching the new stuff on irl digital maybe um there's a a t-shirt that Mm -hmm. savannah is putting out there but then there's also the new Amazing Field t-shirt and they are kind of similar maybe because they the design maybe for some reason is kind of similar and you can only buy one. And, yeah. you know, there's like, there's a competition in being uh, on the same shop and that might be um, something that the creator doesn't want to, 
you know, mm-hmm. they might um, they might market themselves to have creators as client who wants to be their own creator and they, they don't want to compete um, yeah. with other creators in the merch department because we have to remember that merch is one of the uh, things where creators, you know, make bank on. So yeah, that, ma- that it, makes it sense might to me. Not, they, their, their customers, so their primary clients, which are the, uh, mm, you know, creators, mm-hmm. they might not want to uh, be seen in competition with other people's merch. Um, and they can do that because they have a very selected um, pool of clients. Yeah. So they can actually, you know, they can do things for them specifically, make their own websites, make it, uh, you know, cohesive with their brands and stuff when it comes to Dan and Phil um I think what I think what happened is that they were starting to um have the conversation about moving forward um also you know remember Dan was working on the coming out video last year so he was already planning about coming out and obviously their relationship would be more prominent and I think they wanted already to have some kind of separation, at least in the professional mm-hmm. department. Um, and I think they were already preparing this because Dan was already talking about not wanting to be a full-time YouTuber. So I think in their mind, it started to not make sense anymore to have just uh, one shop combined if they if they don't want to present themselves as a duo anymore. Yeah, I always wondered as well, um, because they've they've clearly got um strong aesthetics um yeah. <laughs> in their own yeah. in their own merch. Um I did wonder whether um, you know, leaving it on the joint site sort of diluted that like really strong image that they were gonna have. Um I yeah, I, I mean think... arguably they could have put it on its own page, but do you know what I mean? Like it dilutes that that yeah. down a little bit. It doesn't. It doesn't make it done merch anymore. Yeah. It doesn't make it feel merch anymore. Even if it's on dance section, for example, yeah. or fifth section, like they did uh, around Christmas, it still makes it done and feel merch. On the other end, they also sometimes um, sent newsletters yes. uh, featuring both Dan and Phil's not TM <laughs> yeah. merch. So I think. It's confusing because, in my opinion, when it comes to Dan and Phil specifically, they know that they already share an audience and they know that uh, their audience might want to buy their stuff um, from one place, especially when they, uh, you know, release merch. Not at the same time because they don't do that, but Mm. they kind of, at least this time when after Dan came back from the death, um, they kind of released merch uh, one after the other so it would have been nice uh if the shipping was combined Mm -hmm. uh sure um but but at the end of the day it it is another revenue stream for them though isn't it so yeah like you know to have that individual merch on top of the joint merch i suppose it means that you know if it was if they put out, you know, two merch drops next to each other and then they did do a Dan and Phil one, not that they, I think they're going to, but if it was 
solely three merch drops in such quick succession on Dan and Phil's shop, you as an audience would be like, what the heck are you even doing? Why are you yeah. putting out so much merch all the time? Like, is this a money grab? But because it's three separate things, you're like, oh, it's just Dan some merch and then Phil some merch and then some joint merch. It's fine. Like, it, as an audience yeah. perception sort of thing, it doesn't feel as... I mean, I I still buy all of greedy. <laughs> yeah. greedy. And well, also, yeah. you know, if they release it at on at different times, because of course they are working on it on different times, yeah. and they are waiting for in dance uh, in dance a case. There is waiting for the designer to send back the design and work on it and stuff. They they are still going to release it um, with a bit of time between each release so sure of course if there if it's been some time and the merch is still on the websites and you want to buy them after uh, a few weeks or months sure having combined shipping would be the best Mm. thing especially when it comes to sale to sales but uh, when it comes to uh, individual release you are if you want to buy it on the drop, you are still going to have to pay um, different shipping. And that's what Dan did, you know, he um, released uh, the skeletons shirts Mm -hmm. and then, or before that he released something else. I haven't loved Dan's merch. I don't like any of it. So (laughs) I, the only, yeah, so I'm like, "Eh, okay, so I haven't. The only thing I have is the have the courage to exist t-shirt. Same. I love that. (laughs) I Um, love it. (laughs) I even went to the stall at Sitsi just to see whether I still, I would have got an internet support group mug, but they did not have mugs. I tweeted Martin, I tweeted the shop. I was like, why are there no mugs? Um, They didn't have any mugs. That's the only thing I wanted. Oh no. <laughs> I know, I was very upset about That's it. Sad. I wanted I wanted mugs and then I wanted the planner. <laughs> Luckily, Bill gave me a discount code. <laughs> put nice. it on sale and then gave me a discount code. So I got the planner in the end. It's on the way to my house now. But um well. <laughs> yeah. Cause it I, all worked out. <laughs> yeah. But I, I still didn't get the internet support group mug because I refused to pay a fiver for shipping for a mug that cost five pounds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm in Italy, so sometimes the shipping is well, even more. <laughs> I was gonna say um, we complain about it here, but I can't imagine what it's like elsewhere. I, I think you know the shipping is always. It's not. I understand because the shipping is not something that they have any power on. Yeah. So they don't decide on the fees, and they don't decide on like what the actual shipping is going to cost like it's not it doesn't depend on them no i'm not mad um, at them about it i just like to have a grumble but i would have a grumble if i was buying anything from anywhere yeah <laughs> i'm I mean, just i'm so used to amazon as well because i pay for prime so oh, i'm just yeah. like it's no shipping and i get it tomorrow same, <laughs> same. <laughs> anywhere else i Thank shop on you. the internet it's not like that i do <laughs> oh my god but, I mean, that's not amazon's like evil and it's really horrible to its employees so you know yeah at least we know but, you that know dan and phil are good employers <laughs> sure but still, you know, not paying for shipping, yeah. <laughs> it still has some some price. So yeah, I think that's um, that's my take on the different shops. It it would be nice, but in the end, I don't think they actually think it would make that much difference mm. on their revenue stream. So, mm. uh, and when it comes to branding, it has more. It makes more sense to have it separated. I guess. Do you think, um, sorry, I didn't um, write this uh, question on the outline at all, but do you think that they're, um, just because they redid the website, um, do you think they're trying to move 
um, I, um, they're trying to build IOL now as a, as a bigger company. They um, obviously redid the website with all the photos and all the, the snazzy stuff. And there's a, a click through for creators to, to sort of like oh, yeah. them an email. They actually had brochures at Sitsi as well. I have one. Um, mm-hmm. I picked up one of the brochures and a, and a, a business card, which was clearly aimed at creators and not at customers. Um, but I, um, yeah, I was like putting it in my bag and then Sarah like walked around behind me and I was just like, go, go, go. <laughs> I think it was oh fine. Like they were out on the table. They weren't like hidden anywhere. I didn't like steal it, but um, I don't think I was supposed to have it. <laughs> yeah, don't tweet about it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just uh, in my house now. <laughs> oh my God, you have to show me. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I, I definitely think that they are going to build IRL more. Actually, that was one of my pet peeves because in my um, in my previous job, I worked for an IT company mm-hmm. and we also did websites um, for clients. And yeah. I was sometimes I would do that too. And I was always looking at IRL merch and I was like, why is your website so inefficient? <laughs> what is this? Why are you doing this? You work for digital creators. <laughs> so I was always like, let me do this for you. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, me whining aside, I think they are definitely moving forward. I think they, um, especially now, I think it's very indicative that Dan and Phil features as, you know, uh, even their pictures are featured. So yeah. I think it was always fascinating to me that they were not involved at all uh, at least on the you know forefront so now I think they want to have um, they want to use their image as you know experienced creators Mm -hmm. to pull some people um, to pull some people and do some stuff for them and also I I think they are they're not going to focus on merch alone anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something that I've been thinking about. I think they they are going to uh, try to not make like an agency. Um, I don't think that's what mm-hmm. they want, but I think they are going to. I, I would at least I what I. Yeah. I think what I would do if I was if I was them, I would make some kind of consultation mm. um, thing for creators. So not just for merch and stuff, but also to market themselves and to do social media and to do events and to mm. do tour. Because I think I'm I'm not one hundred percent sure, but I remember when I was looking at their new website that there was something about um, talking about social media and marketing yeah. and how it can help creators not only you know, uh, create the merch and stuff, but also market it. So I think they are going to move forward. And what one thing that I would love would be if they didn't just stop at, um, you know, internet creators as YouTubers, I would love if they moved uh, their client pool and involve some other kind of creators on the internet. But this is my, you know, <laughs> this is my business mind. that like, just uh, was... Like podcasters, for instance. <laughs> yeah, podcasters and all, you know, digital artists or, you know, Instagram, uh, writers kind of yeah. and stuff. I think... I think they they themselves know that YouTube as a platform is not, you know, the most stable. <laughs> and, and it's not the it, be-all not... and end-all now, is it? Like yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. Like, a lot of people uh, use YouTube to, you know, have a push yeah. um, and do something else, which is, you know, write a book, be a podcaster, mm-hmm. have their own show, make 
I don't know, television. So I think this is something that they are very aware of because they've been on the platforms for so long. And so many of their peers have moved forward to uh, a lot of other things, at least the people that they were uh, more involved with. They that have been on the platform as long as they are. I'm not talking, for example, about Sophia or Christine from uh, Simply Neological because Mm -hmm. they are relatively new. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Christine also has a real job, so she doesn't care about it. And Sophia, she has been brought up in the entertainment um, kind of, you know, She works for BuzzFeed, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So she's on another kind of separated um, field. Yeah. That's what I would consider it. But they know themselves that YouTube as a platform is not... um, the end of it all Uh, so what I think it's going to happen or at least what I hope is that they would not only you know be a shipping creative and fulfillment center for merch but also move to be something not really an agency but something more involved with the you know behind the scene things of of the overall brands yeah, that's. I, I think that's what's going to happen, mm-hmm. or at least I hope so. But also, you know, I think there's new people involved in IRL too. I, I think I saw a picture of them, of the uh, IRL stand at Summer in the City, and there were a couple of people that I've never seen before. Yeah, they, they had two people. Stands. Yeah, they had yeah. two people on the stalls. I wasn't sure whether um, they just got some... Well, yeah. you know, people sometimes just get agency staff in for events, don't they? Yeah. Um, because it, you but, know, if everyone else was busy, Sarah was the only one there that I recognized. Apparently, Martin was there in the morning, but he left. Yeah, but that's also something new for them as well, because so far they well, have always, you know, had their stand. I mean, yes, uh, but on tour people, they would have other people. Um, at some but they the also venues. have. The, they did yeah, also they have their have guys, the yeah. Um, so, like when we were at um, Nottingham, they had uh, their guys, but at some of the other venues, they just had like the venue staff. Yeah, that's um, true as well. Um, uh, yeah, so I think um, they have yeah. had other people do it before. Um, but it's true. interesting that, um, yes, they, they they might be branching out and stuff. Um, I like that idea. We um, I was talking to Charlotte about this, actually, about how maybe they would start to do some sort of brand management stuff. Um, but um, but it would take a lot to move the, the company in that direction, I think, maybe. But um, it'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what HireL actually does on the day-to-day, you know, basis. So uh, that's my hope, at least, because they are still a very small uh, company, but they have the means to, and they have the experience, and they have the network to do so. So I don't think they're going to um, be uh, a merch company only for a long time. But we'll see. (laughs) We'll see if if we're still alive. Yeah. um so do we want to talk about um move on to the next talking point um which and i think this one's probably going to be the most contentious so um everybody strap (laughs) yourselves in i'm gonna have to strap myself in because i think this is maybe the the bit where we might differ somewhat um you've talked quite a lot on and I don't mean that in a bad way, um, but you have no, talked I mean, about um, and <laughs> no. made some very well-informed posts on um, social media over on IDB about the issue of um, communication um, from Dan yes. and Phil. So in their handling <laughs> of the hiatus, just 
for the most part but then like just in general about how they communicate things um can you talk a bit about that about what your feelings are on, on all of that yes uh please no one hates me <laughs> <laughs> no it's just it's no. just an, an you know an informed um opinion yeah. <laughs> from somebody with you know with that background in marketing and that insight that that can provide um from a point of view of um yeah them as a a, a company uh and a yeah, brand yeah. communicating with essentially its <laughs> customers yeah no i mean i'm just you know i'm i'm mostly joking because it, it's true i've been talking about it for a long time because <laughs> i think it's one of the uh things that i talk about the most and people i mean that's what i think people are like shut up. <laughs> um, no, I mean to uh, not to brag, but to give some uh, background information mm-hmm. to you know people who might be listening. Um, I have uh, I have a degree on in management and media and communication, mm-hmm. specifically with the focus on brand uh, communication and public relationships. So mm-hmm. when I talk about the communication of Dan and Phil, I, I do talk about it with a very specific business uh, mindset. Yeah. Um, I do realize that they're people. <laughs> I do realize yes. that they have their own issues and they are human beings and stuff. That said, um, Dan and Phil communicate like shit. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, let's start that. I, think, I, I think we can all agree <laughs> that the communication can, isn't great. I can imagine like people cheering. (laughs) No, I mean, um, my issue, especially with Dan and Phil, since the start of the IATUS has been that they have not communicated to us, Mm -hmm. except for what, a couple of times and all of those times were way too late. When I talk about communication, I know that there's, you know, two different sides to this argument because there's a side of, oh, they don't owe us communication. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been pretty clear about it. And there's the side of, oh, they're awful. They never say stuff. Uh, they ate us, <laughs> whatever. I mean, I'm in the middle, kind of. Um, I think uh, the issue with this that I have is that when it comes to communication, one of the you know main points of communication is that you have to know what to say. You have to know the people that you are saying this stuff to. Mm-hmm. And you have to make sure that the message that you are sending out is received. Mm-hmm. When, when there's an issue, when the people that you are meant to communicate to, when they do not understand the message, where they do, when they don't receive it, 99% of the time, the issue is that you didn't communicate it well. Yeah. So the thing with Dan and Phil is that when I talk about, oh, they haven't communicated with us about the hiatus or, oh, they they haven't communicated with us about Dan and what he's doing or, oh, what the joint channel is going to be, what joint content is going to be like, what they're doing, what their plans is. I don't mean they have to tell us we are going to do this and this or, oh, this is the reasons why we are not doing this or this. Mm -hmm. That's their own things that's their own stuff they don't owe us explanations Mm -hmm. that's 100 percent true Mm -hmm. um but my issue is that they are aware that people have questions Mm -hmm. and it's been pretty clear so like it's been what eight months now Mm -hmm. let's say seven um 
what did the hiatus started. Some people can say that, uh, you know, it's, it's finished. Um, but I don't think so because the hiatus was mainly about Dan and Phil, TM, mm-hmm. and the gaming channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, sure, Dan was taking a break, but Dan was taking a break since, you know, June of last year. So yeah. was it really like a point of discussion? I don't think so. Um, my, my problem with it was that they are, they've always been aware of it. And when it comes to people asking your customers, let's say your audience, your customers, when they ask you something, mm-hmm. uh, you uh, the best way to go is to you know provide as little information as possible if you're not able to give them an actual answer. So they're not actually us as an audience, as customers, you know, let's call it that way. We are not really demanding an answer. I don't want to know why they're not posting because they can have multiple reasons and one of them could be Dan that was working on his coming out, uh, moving, getting married, getting divorced, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> you, know, you know what my theory Good is. But, I know, thank you. <laughs> uh, my, my point is that they know that we have questions and they have never acknowledged that, you know. Mm-hmm. One, thing that, one thing that I really appreciated but it was too late, in my opinion, was when Phil had the Q&A at, Vid- at VidCon yeah. and um, Melissa, yeah. I think, uh, asked about the gaming channel yeah. um, and what was going to happen. What I really appreciated was that Phil replied, even though yeah. it was a complete, you know, stupid answer. It was <laughs> like, oh, we don't know yet. We are. We need to talk about it. But what I didn't appreciate it is that, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know that people, that was one of the questions, one of the most asked questions. Yeah. Like, if you say that, and, you know, what, in my mind, the first thing that comes to mind is that, oh, so you know that there's an issue, but you are choosing to ignore it until yeah. the least the last possible moment until you cannot actually ignore it anymore because it's presented to you in a in a format that you cannot escape to, yeah. you know? So that's my issue with their communication. It's not that I want specific answers. I don't think, well, some people might want them, but I think the issue with their communication has been that they have not acknowledged uh, the questions. And one thing, uh, one one comparison that I did, I guess, a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. or weeks, I don't know when was the last time that I ranted about it, um, with this was the Mexico situation from last year. Mm-hmm. Because when yeah. uh, people kept asking, because they were TBC for months, and they kept not answering, which meant, which, you know, yes, they didn't have any answer yet. And it's frustrating for them. And I understand that it's very difficult to try to reason with a mob of, you know, thousands of people asking the same question and you're not allowed to answer or you don't know yet. But I think that the worst thing that they did was then sussing, being like, oh, they are TBC. Like, that's Mm. not the way to handle the situation. Just be like, we don't know yet. We are working on it. We are trying to, we are still waiting for answer. I understand that on their side, I understand as a, 
you know, as a person that has worked in a company and has been, you know, has talked uh, with clients and stuff, it's really sad and frustrating. And it makes you feel awful to be like, I don't know. Yeah. It's awful to admit that you don't know something because it doesn't depend on you. I understand that. Um, I, I totally, completely understand that and I relate to it. But on the other side, you cannot choose to ignore <laughs> thousands of people uh, asking the same thing because you cannot pretend that, they, that you are not seeing that same question. Yeah. Because we know that you do. We know that you do it. You are choosing it to. You are choosing to ignore it, and that only makes it worse. So that's my issue with with them, specifically with uh, the ayetos. It's not that they owe us an explanation. Mm-hmm. They, I think, they. I don't want to say owe us, but as you know, people that makes uh, their branding and their living in some ways that isn't actively like <laughs> paying them to show up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what they owe us, if they want to keep the audience at least uh, satisfied and not hangry and, you know, with the same numbers, yeah. is to acknowledge that there are questions and yeah. maybe being like, like what Phil did, I think was perfect. And it would have been perfect if they did it Two months ago, three months ago, you know, around April. I think, Uh, um, I think, um, so I I differ in that um, mm -hmm. I, you know, uh, I I don't think I would have noticed the lack of communication if um, everybody hadn't been going on about it, Um, only because I think I because uh, I just do fandom in the in the thick arena like I, I just don't notice um I mean obviously I noticed we weren't getting content but them saying mm-hmm. hey we're we're going on a break now was like okay cool and then I just got on with the thick so I think um that's where the difference was for me um but also I think um I've I wonder if on their side of things and I'm, I'm not talking about the human element here I'm just talking mm-hmm. about the um, they've been doing this for like 10 years and um, all of their experience has shown them that it um, doesn't matter what they do, their audience will still grow and we'll still be here. And yeah, it's not great. And yeah, we might get angry, but we ain't leaving. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's sort of like they're thinking, why should we communicate better? Why should we have learned to do anything? Because we still have a really engaged audience. And and I'm not <laughs> saying everybody should go on strike. I'm not saying everybody should unsub until they start communicating better. I'm just saying like, in the face of all their experience, they've never um, had a situation where they've had to learn to communicate better. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. And it's partly true. I think it's partly true. They, they're they in a situation where they're especially lucky with the kind of audience that they have because this kind of dedication mm-hmm. in a fan base uh, of real people is very, very, very different. Like, it's so different. Um but, uh, you know, there's, there, are, there are different, uh, it, it, it's always a thing of it depends. Yeah. Like the, 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 the main answer in the end is it depends. Mm-hmm. But fandoms are volatile. Yeah. You know, they change and stuff and a lot of people uh, make uh, fandoms out of over 
hyperfixations. And a lot of people, I mean, I'm also someone who thrives on fandom stuff, yeah. on fanfiction and fan authors and fan writers and, you know, artists and writing stuff and communication on Twitter and stuff. So I don't necessarily, that's a thing. Like my, when it comes to me asking for communication, I don't care about the content. I yeah. do like it, but I don't care that it, the communication has to come with content. Yeah. Like that's I, that's why I, in my opinion, they are two separated things. Yeah. Uh, when it, when I talk about communication, for example, it's just about a matter of uh, the audience being recognized and being heard. Yeah. Because in the, at the end of the day, I think uh, this is the kind of fandom that would uh, because of the like amount of people that makes it and the amount of dedicated f people that make fandom content and keep up with them um it would still thrive even if they started you know stopping youtube yeah. at least for a couple of months and even then even after years i think there would still be people um talking about them and writing about them and you know uh, doing art about them, although not with the same numbers. And it's true that they didn't have to actually learn mm -hmm. to communicate with their audience to maintain it. But I think um, if we think about it, they started with a, a huge amount of fans. But even then, like even now, even last year, the numbers were very, uh, were lower, yeah. you know? compared to 2015 um, and they're still going to uh, go down. They, they're still huge numbers. So it's like, oh, a billionaire lost a couple of million of dollars. Well, it's still a billionaire. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but when it, when it starts to go down and go down and go down and you don't know, you don't do anything to, you know, replenish it. Uh, at some point it will start being a millionaire, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I think, uh, especially if they want to move forward and stop with YouTube as their main platform and they want to, uh, work on different things, they have to realize that the, um, target audience is going to be different and is going to be, um, perceived in different ways. And what I, hope at least is that they learn that they cannot ignore <laughs> people when they're asking things but I, I do understand what you say like it's uh, we're still here you know yeah. I've been complaining about them <laughs> for <laughs> since the well, since February at least and I'm still here I'm still you know feel trash and yeah. you know done in feel trash and waiting patiently well not not really but waiting uh, for new stuff and dying every time we get a cute photo and stuff so yeah. it, uh, yeah. I mean, even if you c complain about communication, uh, you're still going to love them and you're still going to enjoy their content. But yeah. I think uh, there are different levels of fans. Yeah, and there's different level of involvement. And at some point, I know that a lot of people, I've um, I've stopped. You know. Um, caring that much about them and what that means is that they might still watch the videos but they might not be involved enough to buy the merch or yeah. go to convention and stuff which is uh, at the end is the uh, more stable kind of revenue for mm. them 
I do wonder, um, just on the topic of communication, and it, it sort of bridges between um, what we're talking about now and the, and the next um, mm-hmm. bit that I want to talk about. But um, so obviously that there's like a, a contingent of fans that are that invested, that are likely to to go to conventions and see all of that stuff. Um, but I do sometimes wonder, you know, when like they'll confirm something in like a reply to a tweet so like for instance um someone asked phil whether his new video was going to be a mukbang and in a reply he said no um and like they sort of rely on that was a bad example because it was just a bit of a throwaway but they have (laughs) in the past said um things in replies or in areas where um you know casual fans might not see it and they then rely on um the very invested contingent to then roll that message out to the rest of the fan base. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I do sometimes look at it and I wonder, you know, in all of this hiatus, um, what has the casual fan thought is going on? You know, if you don't follow them on oh Twitter, my God. <laughs> you don't watch the VidCon live streams and you don't talk to other fans, if you're just someone who was subscribed on YouTube to Dan and or Phil and then they went away especially down yeah. field games i imagine there are a load of um, people out there who just follow them shock horror for the gaming content um i do sometimes wonder like what are they thinking right now because <laughs> they know nothing yeah um, i i imagine they'd be like oh they're still alive yeah. <laughs> um so yeah that sort of moves me on to um uh, yeah my my theory is that they, a lot of them will have just left um and um, we've had a lot of talk this week I think about numbers um uh, prior to their coming out videos I think mm-hmm. there's been a bit of an uptake uptick since then but um there was a decline in the number of views on their videos um and yeah so they have had a bit of an uptake what well, you know Dan has at least I, I yeah. can't remember what the view count on Phil's one was um but why do you think that they were declining before do you think that that I mean if they come back to YouTube in the same way, do you think that will continue to be the case? Do you think, not that they're irrelevant, but do you think it's just that their type of content isn't as, you know, watched anymore? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I I was thinking about it when I saw uh, your outline. <laughs> and I I remember I did a post like at the at February in February or stuff about, mm. you know, their views and especially like if they were still relevant or dying and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that that was more, you know, actual math <laughs> applied yeah. to. Uh I Which think we can we can link to in the show notes if anybody wants to go and read that post. Right? I mean, yeah, it was yeah, if you if you want to, yeah. uh we can link about it. it was just me raffling about um actual uh, when it comes to the difference between you know the views are important but they're still very engaging and it was in particular uh, uh, i real i they i did a, car, a comparison between you know markiplier and yes. jake paul oh, yep i'm remembering the post now yep yep, yep. yeah that was a good was, post yeah it took me <laughs> a long time but i mean it was more about you know being uh the engagement of their channel and, and especially Phil's and mm-hmm. we can link um we can link we can link it uh, because it's a long one and there's yeah. a lot of there's a numbers in it yeah um when it comes to views and their decline of views I think there are a lot of reasons for it mm-hmm. I mean first of all we have to remember that they have been on the platform for a lot of time mm-hmm. and their kind uh, the kind of content that they um they used to do um, uh, uh, stopped 
being yeah. the kind of content that is seeked um, for especially feels like that's something that I would I would want to sit down with it with him and talk about it yeah. um, like there was a time where it would be impossible to think that people would watch a seven minute video yeah. about something random and now I'm like oh just at 17 minutes what am I going to do with the rest <laughs> of my time you know yeah so um of course there's also like the downside of oh my god a 45 coming out video this is going to take me forever to watch it's so yeah. serious and so deep and emotional like that there's there's a balance in there yeah. um but I think um they they capped at uh, what they were doing because their audience was so involved and so, you know, in love with them, not as creators, but as people. Yeah. Um, because if you think about it, like, um, then sure, he's a storyteller, but he also did a lot of videos where you just wondered what the kind of point was and like yeah. what kind of genre it was and you know I'm thinking about the meaning of life and yeah. trying to like wrap my head around it <laughs> and I still can't um and then you think about Phil's video and you're like okay sure but like what's what's the point it's not a vlogger so what what, what are you yeah. you know like they've never had a specific kind of uh genre yeah. I guess which is fine because it that's what it used to be uh I think they didn't really evolve uh in a specific genre yeah. so they didn't find uh their specific you know niche mm -hmm. of people that would attract new viewers so yeah. they stuck with the people that were still watching which was a huge amount of people uh it was very people that were very engaged with their stuff so people who not only watched the video but liked and commented and shared it and talked about it and shared it with people and yeah. bought merch uh, from it and stuff so that's the kind of fan that you want because it's not like a view is still a view uh, and it will make you money in advertisement mm -hmm. um, but now it's also like there's also less money made on advertisement yeah. so a view is a little bit less than a view <laughs> when it comes to like compared to uh, a few years ago yeah um, um, do you also think, because um, I was reading a while ago now, that um, YouTube actually tracks views differently these days than they did a few years ago. So um, they, it used to be that rewatches counted as, as a new view. Um, but now if you're on the same IP address, it doesn't count as another view. Yeah. So it used um, to. But I think that probably had an effect because of, we've heard time and time again like the amount of rewatches that people do um it must have contributed to the amount of views they used to get versus now uh well sure um it's not like something really recent though uh it's been it, it was changed like i i think at, at, at least in 2016 yeah it's been a few it was years changed. so I mean, it's if been you're, a few, if you're it's been at, a few years yeah. Oh, yeah. I just I mean, mean, if you're looking uh, at like 2015, when we're saying the peak was, like versus now, yeah. you know. 
I think for sure, like the kind of, you know, the algorithm mm. and things uh, as YouTube as a platform surely like had an impact in, you know, the kind of views they were able to pull. Yeah. Uh, but also they were more even then when posting was posting way more, uh, which, you know, yeah. if you think about then, like now I, I know that he used to post a lot, but if I think about it, like my idea of then is, oh, it might post, it might die. I don't know. <laughs> it might be on YouTube. It, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Uh, Eventually. What a surprise! It might eventually, yeah, you might pause. Like, sure, why not? In two years, maybe you will pause again, and and that's you know that that's not be me being mean about Dan. Like, I love him. Uh, I relate to him one hundred percent. So I just I, learned to keep I, my expectations very, very low. Yeah, I mean, I I know that it doesn't want to. It, it doesn't want the pressure of keeping mm -hmm. a schedule. And Phil doesn't really. I mean, keep same. A either. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> I've been trying to write for the past month, and nothing has happened. So same. But, yeah, but I mean, I think it for sure. It used to be helpful that the algorithm wasn't as fucked as it is yeah. now uh i think it also contributed that they were posting a lot more on the gaming channel as well yeah. and they so there was a stream of viewers where the algorithm still <laughs> was yeah. like oh you're watching dan and phil gaming so maybe you will watch this and then maybe you want to watch this one and you know the kind of youtube cycle would bring them use yeah you and let also play do its thing yeah, and also, I mean, it's a combination of things. There were less creators. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot more uh, people involved in uh, shorter content. So it, yeah. a, a normal viewer would consume a lot more vid videos than yeah. it is now because, you know, it was shorter. So you were able, in the span of, you know, a 20 minutes video, mm -hmm. it, uh, at one point you might be able to watch, you know, four videos yeah. of a four or five minutes video. Um, so uh, there's a lot of things I think involved in the decline of views. Also, I think uh, it's, you know, a cycle. So it's a curve. You start low, you go up. And as all the curves you want to, you, you will go down at one point. Um, I think if they... I, especially Phil, like I'm going to talk about Phil because mm -hmm. I, I I have no idea what he's going to do. Like he's always unpredictable, you know. Is like it's like it's con yeah. But when it when it comes to his content, uh, I'm always like, what's it going to be? I don't know. Um, it's always something really. I know that I can rely on him to post something uplifting and cheerful and nothing too heavy. Uh, but I, I I don't know what it's going to be because I cannot pinpoint a genre on him, mm -hmm. you know. While, while with Dan, it's, it's all, mostly like I don't know when he's going to post. Yeah. <laughs> I like most of the time I'm like, okay, it's going to be some kind of story, kind of uh, something relatable to him, something with a message. Yeah. It doesn't have a genre either, but uh, it's the format that he uses is more, you know, standardized, I guess. Yeah. 
Um, Although that being said, I think um, prior to this year, um, well, June, July specifically, I probably (laughs) could have said like, there are certain videos that they'll never make. Um, yeah and then that all got flipped <laughs> on his head so god knows like dan and film oh 2019 god. eh what's that about <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I i read a post the other day and was like it's incredible that now that we can all theorize about what phil's video is going to be next and are coming yeah, out is not the on the list anymore yeah, I read <laughs> like that. oh my god you know and I was one of the people that always said like oh they're going to come out somehow some way but I always felt like maybe with a picture um and stuff so that I was surprising thought, to all of us so I always thought it who would knows be in the future um they would do something like a picture or some sort of post yeah. that was like undeniable and then they would just be like yeah and we just we thought you all know you guys all knew like obviously obviously <laughs> um, and there was a, there was a little bit of obviously but well, yeah. yeah not all of it um no yeah. yeah uh what was i saying oh but, about the decline of views i yeah. i got um you know thinking about it i can i one one person that i think about is um anthony padilla oh yeah you know he went on a roller coaster. Uh, he used to have like his first solo videos had a couple of million of views because he talked about living smush, and then he was pulling what thirty k views mm-hmm. on his average video, like even less. And people were like, "Oh, he's dying. His content is what is he doing? What? Why is he still working on YouTube? Why did he leave Smash? He's not going to be a solo uh, creator and stuff. And now is his videos because he, he found his own genre. So all his interviews, I was looking at one of these videos and he ha- it has like, what, 300,000, 50, no, 500,000 views. So they're doing they're doing good yeah i think he was on um, trending or something the other day as yeah well. yeah yeah i so don't it, um, it, i don't really him, follow anthony he annoys me no me neither i mean i used to like i was i used to follow him and then i was like i can't yeah. <laughs> so but, but i mean that's that's an example of someone who was really high and then dropped really low. And I was like, oh, my God, is not going to be able to, you know, sustain himself as a YouTuber anymore with these views. And then he, I don't know, rebirthed himself or something. Yeah. So I, I think it's always possible to, you know, have a drop and then pull yourself up again. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, with the kind of YouTube scene that we are having right now and the kind of, you know, mm, the kind of competition that there is, you have to be you have to be sure of what you're delivering. I don't mean like you have to have a, a formula, but I think if you want to have new viewer, the viewers are not like they're not comfortable with you anymore they don't know you they are not in love with you as a person so what are you offering to them and I think that's what's lacking um in their content right now yeah uh of course the coming out spiked um some views yeah because they weren't trending and they were talked about and also a lot of 
old fans like were like oh my god they came out i stopped watching them like mm. last year or two years ago i saw a lot of those posts yeah me too um, so i think there was obviously like when a video like this happens there's always like a spark uh of views yeah but um if they want to sustain it uh they have to they they have to have in mind what they're offering. I think they don't have um, their real offer in mind. Mm-hmm. And that might be because they just don't care as much, which, you know, fair. Mm, they don't want to be YouTubers yeah. 100% of the time anymore and just post what they want to, which, you know, it can be a formula as well because Jenna Marbles, what the hell does she do on, a, on her channel? amazing things yeah but how would you describe <laughs> jenna marble's channel you would be like you just have to watch it yeah you know yeah it's not like well i mean i will say one thing for jenna's channel is her, um her video titles are always very literal yes <laughs> um and i appreciate <laughs> that i never get clickbaited <laughs> she she tells me what she's going to do in the video and i always leave feeling very satisfied that i got exactly yeah. what i expected yeah and you also wonder like how is she going to do this? I was and actually, she's us. Yeah, I was actually like, watching a really interesting video about her the other day. I can't even remember what channel it's on, so I couldn't even link to it. But um, <laughs> they were saying that, you know, Jenna never does brand deals on her main channel, ever. Yeah. She, yeah, she, she doesn't believe in them. She just, like, she just does whatever content she wants. She just, like, whenever she wants to do it. I mean, she's got a very consistent upload schedule. I'll give her that. She's, like, yeah. every Wednesday slash Thursday. But other than that, like, you never know what it's going to be. You know it's probably going to yeah. be fun. And she never does brand deals. So I don't, yeah. She's making it work, though. And But, I, again, I think she's a very unique um, a unique model like Dan and Phil are in that if you look at her channel and the journey it's been on, although yeah. different to Dan and Phil, because obviously Dan and Phil's content has been pretty much the same since the beginning um mm-hmm. but jenna's has changed and you look back at her old content versus the new and you're like wow oh my the god same people. i don't even like her old content i used to love it when it was happening and now i'm just like what was that but i love your new stuff so maybe in like another 10 years i'll hate this stuff <laughs> and then whatever she's doing then i'll love <laughs> yeah i th- that's true like jenna is one of those people where you wouldn't know like she used to have a formula she used mm-hmm. to be like she used to talk about girly stuff yeah. and you know they she had a lot of viral hits she actually did, yeah. she like she used to be viral a lot yeah even on facebook and stuff and i think that i, I you know it she also has a lot of followers um yeah so that also helps and i think i remember uh, when she started changing her, her content uh her views obviously dropped uh i I think she i i don't remember if she changed it and the views dropped i think the views already started to drop because you could tell that she wasn't having fun anymore Mm. and then it started going up again when she started being like you know what whatever i just do what i want to do and stuff and the thing is the thing is that why would i want to watch you know someone make soap with their dog but she makes it fun <laughs> you yeah. know she makes it fun yeah. and that's the thing like i and i understand why people uh, always think about uh phil should do something like that because as jenna is kind of content doesn't have you know 
a label on it. Yeah. So, I, but I also I also don't think that's something that he might want to do. Not like not to that extent. Also, he doesn't have a dog. Maybe if he get a if dog, if he got a dog, maybe we would get more Jenna videos because yeah. Yeah, you know, he could make soap <laughs> with his dog. Uh, that's we just have to pester him until he gets a dog i mean i think the fandom <laughs> is mostly on his case about the dog every five seconds anyway so i, I know it just has to like get yeah. on it um, <laughs> so final question then um and this may end up being um you know we, we might look back on this um depending on whether phil uploads tonight but um do you have any oh, predictions yeah. <laughs> about what phil's video might be I have none. I have zero ideas. I saw a couple of people um, talk about, you know, oh, it's about moving. And I would love, I've I've been. You've been very firmly on moving hill. I feel like I've been. Yeah. I've been, you know, owning moving hill. Yeah. (laughs) You own moving hill. Everyone else is renting space from you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm doing barbecues and stuff all yes. every weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, I I don't know actually. Like, I think uh, I, I have no idea. That's that that's the thing. Like, I I is unpredictable. I have no idea of what he's going to do. I'm very intrigued uh, in him talking about being very uh, lengthy and mm. difficult to edit. I don't actually, I don't think this time that it might be a spawn. Uh, other times I've said it that it might be a spawn and I was right because usually when it, when it takes this long of a time to produce a video, the kind of video the film the does, uh, it's a spawn. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't have that vibe right now. I don't think it's going to be a spawn. I um I saw the best prediction the other day. I think it was <laughs> Fee, Psychic Moth, um, predicted that it was going to be a Bob Ross painting thing, right? Oh my God, and I, I would, would absolutely love it. love it. It would be long to edit because obviously yes. the footage would be really long. It could be a spawn. He could get spawned by um like Skillshare or somebody. And then he could use Skillshare videos to try and learn how to paint, as well as this Bob Ross tutorial. And I think he would spin it. And then at the end, he could like show it Dan off camera, and Dan could just be like, "Oh, God, oh. that's awful. Please burn it or something." You know, like something very Dan. Um, it, and it could be, be one line at the end, and then the fandom would go nuts, and they'd be like, "Freaking joint video!" Um, <laughs> oh my God, it's about fucking time. <laughs> well, no, and it'd just be Dan's disembodied voice off the camera, but like, I think it I, might I, satisfy I mean, everyone for a little while. And he could do it I in front of a blank it. white wall so we wouldn't know where he was living. Which is, you know, <laughs> something that is... Been, maybe it's... I saw... Um, I don't know why YouTube recommended it to me, but mm-hmm. there was this girl uh, following a Bob Ross tutorial yeah. while painting is like her wall. Yes, no, I saw <laughs> so that may- one. I've maybe seen a lot of renovating. Them. Yeah, maybe it's renovating his new room <laughs> following a Bob Ross tutorial. <laughs> that would be amazing. Because I've seen, um, I saw Rosanna Pansino doing it with um, icing. Oh, uh, yeah. I've seen makeup artists do it on their face. I love that's it. I just, good, I think that's it's a good section. I think it could be very good, good content for Phil. If he's not making that, he needs to. Yeah, we have to. If he doesn't post that, we have to tweet him um, and stuff. But you know what? At at the end of the day, like a lot of time, a lot of the times, um, I I just 
watch Phil because it, it makes me feel so like it's just warm. Yeah. It just it, it just makes me feel so relaxed and stuff. So maybe his content is not always like yeah. amazingly incredible deep or stuff, but I, so I just what? want I'm, I'm I just never... want him lost. Yeah, I'm never nervous going into a Phil video. I just know yeah. I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. And that's what I want. And I hope he uploads tonight so that when I eventually post this episode, we can look back and laugh about the things that we said. Oh, my um, God, yes. But, um, and I hope it's a long one. Like yeah. I, I, I hope it's not like 10 minutes and 15 seconds because I will kick him. <laughs> I hope that it's um, good. I'm sure it will be. I look forward to whatever it is. Um, but yeah, there, I suppose there there are predictions. We don't have any predictions. Yes, we don't, <laughs> and that's feel lesser for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a beautiful note to end on. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say um, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you Leah. for inviting me. <laughs> um, it was really nice. Um, if anyone has any questions for Leah or um, has any comments on anything that we said, you can send um, us an ask on Tumblr. Um, yes. at the fancast or you can tweet us at the fancast or you can send us an email at askthefancast at gmail.com um, that was everything and I'm also, I'm also always open to talk about marketing and fandom stuff yes. and you know everything so um, I will put all of um, Leah's social media handles in the um, show notes so definitely go and hit her up about all of her um, very interesting opinions on marketing <laughs> um, okay well that's everything thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time bye bye and yeah stay hydrated have a nice day stroke your pets. thanks for hanging out with us I hope you've enjoyed all the stuff I mean Phil Phil please end it bye <laughs>